Welcome back to the podcast. This is Joel Smalligan with 11 Day Ministry. And today, once again, I have my guest, Alberto, from Newness of Life, New, Newness of Life Ministry. Alberto, how you doing? I'm good. How are you guys? Well, I'm doing well. Um, what we were talking about earlier, trying to be approved of God. And I think that you really have a maybe a, a really good understanding on being accepted of the Lord and not working for it, but receiving it. I, I believe, now this is just my belief, and I don't know if I think that you would probably agree from our former discussions that it seems that the church tries to preach uh, identity modification instead of learning how to live in our new identity. Would I mean, would you say that do you believe that this is a possible hindrance in the body of Christ from us being able to conform into the image of Christ? Yeah, yeah, I mean, absolutely. I, you know, with the church and uh, and just the I would I want to call it the mainstream uh, Christian church, which you know you have your yeah, um, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, your you know just the mainstream. Like if you were to think about music, you have the mainstream music, which which pretty much everybody listens to. And then you have your different sectors of music, different genres, you know, the uh, the rock music, the screamo music, you know, then you have, uh, you know, a little bit of house music and indie and stuff like that. And everybody likes different things. But the, the, the same uh, consistency in that is that you're listening to music. And, and that's kind of like what the church is, is that you have these different sectors. And I don't want to call them denominations, um, even though they, they are, but that's a man-made term. So, so you have these different, if you want to call them genres of Christianity and, and, you know, some churches, uh, you know, if you make a hundred thousand dollars, you're doing pretty well <laughs> and God is very well pleased with you. And in other churches, if you live minimalistically and you give everything away, uh, now you're doing very well and God is very pleased with you. <laughs> so, you know, there's these different, um, identities that the church has developed and a lot of people develop these identities based on the culture of the church. So, you know, if, if you don't know you have something, you'll do everything in your power to reach out and get it yourself. And, you know, I, I like what you said about um, earning it, you know, and, and, and not receiving it. And that's the difference there is that, you know, when you earn something, uh, you have this sense of gratification, like I did it. Uh, but when you receive something, it comes out of humility because you didn't do it, <laughs> you know, and uh, you can go the whole route that Jesus did everything. And, you know, we did nothing for salvation, but believe. Right. Oh. So a lot, a lot of our identity is is pretty much given to us by man and the church and the car that we drive. It's it's very external. But in my personal walk, in my personal you know, reading of the scriptures, I believe identity actually comes within and then is expressed out. Um, I, I want to stop you right there. Yeah. Um, do you remember what you just said? Yes. With, with reading of the scriptures, can you repeat what you just said? Do you remember what you just said? Yeah. With my experience in my reading of the scriptures, uh, I, I personally believe that identity is, is built within and then is externally uh, expressed. So everything yeah. is, is starts internally and then we express our love uh, either it's, you know, through, you know, acts of service or, 
you know, uh, serving the church or, you know, uh, shoveling the driveway for a neighbor or whatever it is, what, you know, what is inside of us has to be manifested outside. I, I, I like what you said first there. You said our experience. Yeah. Uh, and then I know, I know you well, and you know me well, because we've both had some, uh, some amazing experiences. Yeah. And, but yet, because we both put our faith, not only in, you know, the blood, we also believe in the Bible. Yes. And so we have to be able to line that up with, you know, with scriptures in which that's something that we've always done. And right. I, I, I believe that, that for some reason that I think that's what's missing in a lot of people's relationships with the Lord is they actually, they never have that call it a road to Damascus experience um, or, or, or call it whatever you want, but, they never really had that experience, and, and it possibly could be because they're trying to get their experience through the wisdom of another rather than what you had said, part B of that equation was, was searching him out them, him, themselves, reading you know, the Bible, whatever it is that, that gets you to know more about who this, who this amazing Savior is that we have that, that loved us so much that he died for us. You know? Yeah, yeah and, absolutely. And you had said something previously. I'd written this one down. I want to touch on this one, too. You said that a lot of people, <clears throat> if we don't know that we have it, then we, we, we're always trying to get it. Right. And I think this is where, like, the correct teachings of the scriptures, like, I know that you're, you're very well read in, you know, the, the new man in Romans 6. Um, because that, to me, is probably one of the greatest uh, understandings of really what Jesus did. Because it's really cool. Because if we look at those scriptures, it says that that <clears throat> that I was in Christ. Okay, you know, yeah. we've we've heard you know John Saba, you know, your mentor, say this before. You know that that Christ is a place. I go to prepare yeah. a place for you, and and we're found and we're we're hidden in Christ. But yet, I believe fully that I was in the bosom of Christ, or I was in the bosom of the father when he was buried, when he was crucified, you yeah. know, when, he, when he was flogged, when, you know, when they tore his beard, you know, and, and I was there with him because he became my sin mm -hmm. and your sin and everyone's sin that's listening and everyone's sin that's not listening so that we can become his righteousness, you know? Yeah, and, no, absolutely. And, and it's like to be able to, to be able to have that experience you know, whether it's just a, a, a mental experience in my mind, but to be actually able to experience myself, see myself being put on the cross with Christ, yeah. you know, changing that identity from from my old Adamic nature into my new Christ-like nature, you know? Yeah. And and I, I always use this. I, I always use this scenario a lot because I, I like to uh, I like to archery hunt. And so... Mm -hmm if I was going to take someone out to train them on how to shoot a bow, I wouldn't tell them where not to hit. I would tell them where to hit. Right. And, and I believe that where not to hit is where the gospel gets misconstrued to a behavior modification rather than teaching yeah. me how to live in, in exactly what you, you, yeah. have, you call your ministry rather than the newness of life. Yeah. I really like that. Yeah. I really like that a lot. And, um, you know, as far as whoever's listening, as far as experience goes, uh, you know, 
Thomas, you know, walked with Jesus. Okay. And, and he saw great miracles and, and the disciples as well. And when he came back, he says, you know, I'm not going to believe it unless I can stick my finger through the hole. And Jesus said something to him that, that I still can't understand um, because of the experience that I had. He says that you're more blessed having not seen rather than you have seen. And I don't understand that. And a lot of people don't understand that at all. But I just wanted to share is that if rather, you know, you've seen Jesus and you've been on the mountaintops or you haven't seen Jesus, um, that doesn't change the identity that Jesus paid to give us. Uh, you look at these superstar Christians and you look at, you know, I call them celebrity Christians um, because, you know, they're the, they're the people that you see, you know, the Joe Olsteins, the Bill Johnsons, you know, the, the big names out there. And you think, wow, God must really love them. God, God's really coming through for them. But in reality, you know, Jude says that we all have a common salvation. So, you know, the same Jesus that Paul walked with, we also walk with too. And I really believe that Romans 6 and a lot of other scriptures give us that insight into that same Jesus that they walk with and that they're, they're not, uh, in, in a sense, this special person that is walking with Jesus on this supernatural level. But yet everybody is walking with Jesus at, at, at their own pace, at their own uh, level, if you want to say that. So I just wanted to throw that out there. You don't need to feel less uh, special. You don't you need to feel, you know, like you're not doing something in order to get these experiences, you know, because God knows everyone's heart and he knows exactly what we need in order to make it through this, this faith walk that we have with them. And another thing that you said that I think is, is so true, not, not just in Christianity, but it's across the board as far as, you know, different religions, Buddhist, Muslim, you know, all, all of these uh, religions is that uh, they tell you what not to do in, in, in order to be right with God. And what I love about the Bible and, and what the disciples tell us is they tell us exactly who to believe in to be right with God. So, so it's no longer I'm doing something in order to be right. It's actually I'm believing this. Therefore, I am right. You know, Abraham believed God. And it was imputed or reckoned to him to be a righteous man. And, and that is so complicated in itself because it's like, okay, well, I believe, but Lord help my unbelief. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I believe I'm this, you know, righteous person because of the blood. But yet at the same time, if I was righteous, then why do I keep doing these things? And then you live this whole Roman seven life where I do, I don't want to do and the very evil that I do, I keep doing. Therefore, I find that these, you know, two natures are present within me, you know, wretched man that I am you know, who's going to set me free. So, you know, I totally understand that struggle. And, you know, uh, Joel, I, I think Romans six is, is pretty much the constitution of, of the cross yeah. and, and the gospel and, and the, uh, the sin issue and, and all of these things, because if you actually take a look at, you know, the first 11 verses, even uh, it's, it's so profound on Paul's insight because you have Romans one, two, three, four, and five. And he's building this all the way up to Romans six. And then he, he kind of takes a step back and talks to the Jews in Romans seven, to those who know the law. And then in Romans eight, he kind of just throws everything away and talks about what it's like to be a manifested son, right. <laughs> you know? So, so I think Romans is like, you know, the, like the constitution of our faith line. And, um, you know, Romans six is, is, in my opinion, arguably one of the best chapters, because I know exactly where it is. It's always between five and seven. I can find it. Every yeah. time. <laughs> be, be, before, cause I, I really want to let you loose on that one. And um, I'd taken one little note 
from what you have said about they they have taught what not to do to be right you know and right. um you know we fully believe in in 100% you know the obedience to the lord and holiness you know and separating ourselves you know from from the things yeah. of the world and but but i think that alberto and i both would agree that first there has to become the experience of knowing who the lord is and knowing what love looks like you know that way our that yeah. way our motive is is actually from his heart and because I ask the Lord a lot of questions as I, I know you do as well. And, and I'm going to share with you like what, what kind of like where I've been just to help the listeners to understand about, you know, where maybe this, this came from, you know, why maybe they were taught this, um, you know, yeah. and it, I believe it basically that the roots, you know, go all the way back into Catholicism, you know, you know, with Constantine, um, you know, Hey, we're not, Hey, I got an idea. Instead of killing these Christians, let's build buildings for them and make money off of them, you know? And, yeah, and, yeah. and we still see, you know, some of this, you know, going on today and like what you had said, the mainstream traditional, you know, buildings that we have and Catholic means, um, basically it means all embracing. So universal yeah, so Catholics, yeah. you know, with the, it originated from, and we're not bashing nobody here by no means. Cause um, they believe in Jesus is just as well as we do. But yet I want to explain this because not only did they believe in the gospel, but they also, they would add to it, you know, with, with the sacraments, you know, and these yeah. sacraments, you know, whether it was a Eucharist or whatever, it was all basically an establishment to confer to the grace of God, or maybe a better way to say it was so that they can earn the grace of God. Okay. So right. this this is kind of like the foundation of of Catholic. I can never say that word Catholicism. Catholicism. Yeah. And so and so we know the history. You know Martin Luther. You know five hundred years ago he tries to reform. You know to Protestants, and 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 what emerged from that was the the uh, evangelical church, which we have today, which evangelical simply means according to the gospel. But yet, yeah, what what I see that has been indoctrinated or maybe adhered from Catholicism is still that to confer for God's grace, you know, I still got to earn this God's, you know, I got to earn yeah. it. And we, I see that we still have, you know, adopted to that theory and we haven't let it fully go yet as a whole in the church. You know what I mean? Yeah. So we're still trying to earn, you know, it's just, it's, it's tradition, you know, it's right. tradition, you know, well, right you know, well, we still have to confess our sins and, and which confession is great. As long as you don't believe that that's actually what earns your forgiveness, you know? Yeah, we should yeah. confess. I messed up, you know, Hey, Alberto, I messed up. I'm going to confess to you so that why I can be healed. I mean, that's just wisdom and it's very biblical, you know, but, right. but yet we yeah. need to consider, um, well, I think it's verse 11 in Romans six, it says, consider, you yeah. know, consider yourself dead with Christ. So I don't want to consider myself a sinner. I want to consider myself dead and, and I can't right. fix a dead man. You know, I can, but yeah, I'm, I'm, no. I'm a brand new creature. So someone please teach me how to live in this new creature. Someone teach me how to walk. Someone teach me how to talk. Someone teach me how to write, yeah. how to draw. Someone teach me how to love in my new creature. Stop trying to fix me because I'm already dead. See, that's that's the gospel. 
Yeah. You know, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Evangelical church. That's, you know, that's my faith is in the gospel, which is in what Jesus did, you know? And right. I think, I think that this kind of teaching really, really scares people because the first thing that they usually say is, well, so you're saying that you don't sin. And that's not what we're yeah. saying. We're saying what Paul said. No, I'm considering myself this way because because right. that's in my mind. I'm considering it in my mind. And that's what I'm doing. I'm what? Transfor I'm transforming my, my mind. I'm transforming my thinking because that considering, like you said, is the constitution of our faith. I believe I'm 100% with you because that's what repentance is. I'm living yeah. in I'm living in considering because I'm, I'm I'm learning how to walk. I'm learning how to talk. You know, and and yeah. that's what's gonna yeah. that's what's gonna transform me. But I have to renew my mind to this. You know, right? And and you know, anytime that you repent, um, see the thing is, you're not you're not actually repenting from sin. You're actually repenting towards God, which is biblical. Because anytime any right, and anytime you turn from something, uh, God has to be at the other end. I mean, where is God? Where well, you're not right. So if, if you're, you know, angry all the time and, you know, you want to have peace, you're not repenting from being angry and trying to stop being angry. What you're doing is you're repent, you're, you're repenting from that and you're actually turning and leaning into peace because Jesus is the Prince of Peace. So, you know, I really want to, you know, in scripture, you can read anything with, with any lens that you have. You know, Hitler used the Bible to, to justify genocide, <laughs> you know, and there's other people that use the Bible to justify whatever they want. And, you know, you can read scripture with any lens that you currently have, rather you're going through a hard time, you know, you're going through a death, you know, rather you're going through a good time, whatever it is that you're going through, you can read scripture in the light of that. And so you can read scriptures like, you know, be perfect as my father is perfect. And you can hear that tone or you can read it as, Hey, be perfect. Just as my father is perfect. I, I so think there's a different tone about what you said about the tone. I know it was right. for me because I grew up um, in more of a traditional church. And when I, when I began yeah. to search out, you know, Christ through the scriptures myself um, before I got to really know him, you know, on a, on a level of a good dad, you know, a good loving father, I, I would perceive the scriptures with that tone, you know, like per perfect yeah. example is when he met with Nicodemus, you know, John three, yeah. you know, and he says to Nic Nicodemus, you know, well, well, how can you, you know, a teacher of the law, not know these things, you know, yeah. or see, I would look at it like, like, G like Jesus was all like, he just got done whipping everybody in the, in the temple, you know, how can you, you know, like, yeah. I mean, like, like, what are you, yeah. an idiot? You know, I mean, how can you, you know, that, right. that harsh, that, that dictator, that, that mean, angry God, you know, but yet, yeah, that wasn't who Christ was, you know, and, and Jesus right. is the invisible image or is the visible image of the visible God. You know, it's like, <laughs> if it doesn't line up with how Jesus acted, then it doesn't line up with who the father is in heaven. You yeah. Know? And, and, you know, that's, that's the one thing I love about Romans six is that even if you read Romans six with an angry tone, um, the truth stays the it same. Does. And if you read it with a nice tune, the truth stays the same, because let me, let me just sh show you for an example. If I, you know, if I do it with an angry tone or, you know, a judgmental tone, um, it, one, it either makes you feel like an idiot for not getting it, <laughs> or two, you say it with a nice tone and then it makes you feel like an idiot for not getting it. <laughs> so, so Paul's, Paul's saying here, you know, 
what shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may increase? May it never be. How shall we who died to sin still live in it? Or do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus has also been baptized into his death? So that's like, you know, kind of like the what the heck, dude, kind of a tone. You're, you're not getting it. And then if you read it with the nice tone, it's or do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus has also been baptized into his death? Therefore, we have been buried with him into death so that Christ may be raised from the dead through the glory of the father into newness of life for we have become united with him in the likeness of his death certainly we should also live in the resurrection so so either way you read it romans 6 is cut dry it's straight truth and it's so good to our souls and you know there's this guy uh one of my mentors that you know he has this story about what happened before uh the world was created i don't know if i've shared this with you i probably have where uh, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are sitting at the round table, and and it's his bit on Romans 6, and I think it's like one of the best bits, and I want to share it with you guys. And so he pretty much just says, so Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are sitting at this round table, and before Genesis 1-1 even began, uh, they're all sitting there, and the Father goes, you know, I, I just want to create children and I want to, I want them to act like us and I want them to be like us. I want them to look like us, but you know, I don't want to create robots or anything. I want them to love us out of their own free will. And the Holy spirit goes, Oh my gosh, that's, that's such a great idea. And the father goes, yeah, I know. I'm God. <laughs> and then, and then Jesus goes, um, wait a minute, wait a minute. Uh, what happens if they don't love us? What happens if they don't like us? And what happens if, uh, you know, like they, they create this weird thing called atheism. They don't even acknowledge that we exist. And then, the father goes, hmm, that's an interesting point. And Jesus goes, I know, I'm God. And, you know, so they're all th brainstorming. And the father goes, you know what? I, I get it. This is what we'll do. How about we're going to send Jesus to be the sacrificial lamb for the entire world. And that's where Revelation 3.8 was given, that Jesus was slain before the foundation of the world. And Jesus, what you're going to do is you're going to enter into their space in time. And you're going to come in a human body. And what you'll do is, um, you know, these people, they'll be too bad to be cleansed because of their sins. So we'll just kill them all. And when you die, we're going to put everybody on the cross with you and we'll call it being co-crucified. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. And the Holy Spirit's thinking, oh, my gosh, that's such a great idea. And then their, you know, Father and Jesus are both looking at each other sideways, kind of looking at the Holy Spirit and going and the Holy Spirit's going, what, 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 what? And then they're, they're like. Well, we're going to need somebody to teach him to be like us. And the Holy Spirit's like, no, 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 no way, no way. That's 7 billion people, guys. That, that is way too much people. Are you telling me that I have to live in these people and I have to teach them to walk like us, to have peace like us, you know, to, to have happiness like us, to have joy like us? Are you telling me that's my job? And they're both going, oh, yeah, that's going to be your job. So when Jesus dies, we're going to kill everybody off. And then when Jesus resurrects, they'll resurrect with us. And then, you know, we can even have this whole baptism thing where we have to drown them to death in water and it will signify them coming back up and being resurrected the same way Jesus was. So now they're all on the same page and they're having this amazing time. And then the, the father goes, yeah, yeah. And the Holy Spirit can be sent from me and we'll put them in to every single believer that believes. And then you'll be with them the rest of their days. You'll never leave them or forsake them. And you're going to teach them to walk like us, to dance like us. You're going to teach them to be just like the father. And they're going to read about it and they're going to love it. And there you have it. Now you have yeah. the Bible. And now we're here. And, and you know, that's all Romans 6. 
that's all Romans 6 talk, that you were buried yeah. with him, resurrected with him, uh, you know, that your, your old man is gone and dead. That's what, you know, being born again is. And you don't remember you were born the first time because you were born dead, but you do remember being born the second time because you were born into life. And they're just having their way with you. So God's not trying to teach you how to manage anger. He's actually teaching you what it's like to be in perfect peace. God's not teaching you what it's like to sometimes be happy. He's teaching you to abide in perfect joy because that's who he is. So it's a character thing. It's a nature thing. It's the fruit thing. It's you, you said something. Um, I want to go a little further with that. You said that, that these people, they were too bad. So we had to kill them all. You know, and, yeah. you know, that death comes when we receive Christ, obviously. And it's interesting because we were too bad to be fixed. So we had mm -hmm. to be made new, you know. You had to be yeah, crucified, I, yes. I, I had to be crucified because I was too bad to be fixed. And and it's just, that is Roman 6, you know, that, that yeah. you know, that the whole, the whole crucified thing. And, um. I think that identity is like so important. You know, I'm thinking about the story there where, you know, Jesus, you know, goes on off from the disciples and they're just, and they're kind of like, well, let's go back to fishing, you know? And, <laughs> yeah, you know, cause yeah. man, we're kind of lost here. You know, we don't know what to do. And so they're out there fishing and Jesus shows up on the shore and, and he comes to Peter and he, he asked Peter an interesting question. And he says, you know, Peter, do you love me? Yeah. You know, feed, yeah. feed my lambs. Peter, do you love me? Yeah. Feed my, Peter, do you love yeah. me? Yeah. Feed my sheep. What I think Jesus was doing there was he wasn't getting after, you know, hey, well, the last time I talked to you guys, I told you guys to go spread the gospel to all the nations and to preach to every creature. And here you went, you went back fishing. Right. See, he didn't, he didn't come like that. <laughs> he came reminding them, yeah. really, Peter, do you love me? Yeah, he was reminding Peter that Peter loves him, you know, and, right. and when we receive Christ that, that, you know, we learned, we're learning in this love process. But here's Peter who walked with Christ and he had that the experience that God wants to yeah. have with every person listening here with you on the other end with me here. He wants to have that experience because that's what a father, son, father, daughter relationship is. It's about an experience, you know, and and, and, yeah, and, and we're absolutely. not we're not getting off on the crazy you know, let's jump pews. And I'm talking about a real experience of who the father is in transforming us, you know, and conforming us into that image. And when, you know, I think that Peter got it, you know, he's like, I do, I love you mm -hmm. because that love that Jesus, you know, like it says, he first loved us for the purpose that we can love him, you know? And so, it, right, so, right, so yeah. he was reminding Peter of his identity was actually found in the love of God. I believe, yeah. I believe John, the, the revelator, John, you know, John, the disciple, he got it, you know, the, the, the disciple yeah. Jesus loved. I mean, he actually changed his identity from, from his, you know, surname to the identity in yeah. Christ, you know, the one that the father loves. And that's true for all yeah. of us, you know, because it in a lot of people yeah. are like, well, I, I, I don't study the Bible enough or I don't know these guys, what these guys are talking about. I don't know all this stuff. And, but. But see, it's not about knowledge. It's about being grounded in love, which surpasses knowledge, you know, because. Yeah, knowledge yeah. only puffs up. <laughs> and, and, and when I learn to love the, who the Lord is, well, well, I'm automatically I'm going to actually surpass it now. And I'm going to have the revelation of his love for me, because well, I think what he was saying to Peter 
was Peter, because of who you are, because of whose you are, you're qualified. You're approved and you're yeah. accepted. You're accepted by the beloved. You're qualified by the blood and, and, and you're approved by the blood. You know, you're approved because you love me. Yeah. That's what qualifies us, you know? And yeah, go ahead. I, I, I just wanted to share three things. I know you like to keep these talks yeah, a little bit shorter. Yeah, we're getting 30 minutes um, now. We're getting close. Yeah, good call. So I just want to share, I just want to share three things that I, I think is very pivotal in my relationship with God that really kind of set the tone uh, for how I approach the Lord. And, and, and one of them is uh, my mentor, John Saba, you had referenced him, you know, he says inside of Abram was a man named Abraham inside of Sarai was a girl named Sarah inside of Jacob was a man named Israel. And inside of Simon was a man named Peter inside of Saul was a man named Paul inside of Jesus was a Christ. And, and he has to get that flesh out of the way. He has to get that old man out of the way in order to, to end up being like a Paul to end up being the Peter. So our name is completely changed where, where we're no longer that person. You know, when Jacob, uh, you know, when his wife died, it says that he put the, the stone on the pillar and it says the very next verse says now Israel moved on and, and it was, it was identity change. And, you know, the identity change can either come from an experience. I mean, Abraham, he received the promise, you know, uh, you know, uh, Israel, you know, uh, you know, his wife died. So like, you know, or, uh, sorry, Jacob, you know, his wife died. So and, and with Peter and with Paul, they had these experiences where where it changed. And I'm not talking about some wacky, you know, experiences where, uh, you know, they it's just unbiblical. And, you know, I really love the time that Moses you know, you see Moses in Exodus three fourteen or 15, and, you know, he's, he's standing on holy ground. You know, God comes to him in a burning bush, and he's like, you're going to go and set my people free. And then Moses says this question. He says, well, who should I say that sent me? And God kind of gives this, you know, this I am that I am kind of a thing, you know. And then Moses is thinking all the way back to Egypt. Okay, I am that I am. God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Well, you know, what in the world is this? <laughs> you know, so Moses asked, who are you? Right. And that's a lot of the question that a lot of the church and people ask is, who is God? But after Moses's trials, you know, fleeing to the world, you know, all, you know, everything that he went through um, in Exodus 34, he kind of comes to this moment where he goes, you know what? I, OK, you know what? I'm asking the wrong question. And he says, show me your glory. So there's this change of a question between who are you versus show me who you are. And then God says, in, in a sense, he goes, okay, well, I will cause all of my goodness to pass before you, but you can't see my backside because, you know, you can't, can't live and stuff. So, so here comes, you know, the Lord, he comes down and says, the Lord came down and passed before Moses. And it says the Lord, the, you know, the Lord God, gracious, compassionate, slow to anger, abounding in loving kindness, you know? So, so Moses asked, show me your glory so that the glory of God is that he is good that he is gracious, that he is compassionate, that he is merciful and bounding, you know? So once we get this, like, who is God kind of out of the way, because everything in the kingdom is shown by God himself. He, he shows himself. Let me show myself to you. And another thing is that, you know, in Matthew 16, and this is all about identity too, is, you know, Jesus comes to them. He says, um, well, who do men say that I am? And, you know, they're all kind of looking around us and they're, you know, they're like, well, some say you're Elijah, some say you're Jeremiah, some say 
you know, you're John the Baptist, which is weird because he had been beheaded six months ago. And, and, you know, like, well, just one of the prophets. And then Jesus just kind of turns to them and says, well, who do you say that I am? And that's like the most important question that you could ever ask is who do you say right. that God is? And then, and then Peter says, well, you're the Christ. But what we don't understand is, is the rest of that. And, and I'm still learning about it. But I think it's, it's a very pivotal key that, that I'm digging into. And I think that, you know, we should all kind of take an account is that, but, you know, he says, who do you say that I am? You know, and then he says, well, you're the Christ. And this is what, this is what Jesus says to him. He says, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you. He, so in a sense, man or the church did not reveal this to you, but my father revealed this to you in heaven. And here's the key is that also I say to you that you are Peter. So his name gets changed because he gets the identity part here. He gets, okay, flesh and blood didn't reveal this to you, but my father revealed to you my identity. And once you know God's identity, you can start to learn right. your identity. And he says, blessed are you, Peter, for flesh and blood did not reveal this to you. And your, you know, your name is Peter. And upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail over it. And then he says, I will give you keys to the kingdom of heaven. But Peter only got the keys after he learned his identity. So now that he knows who he is, he can bind things and he can lose things. I, in I heaven, like what on you earth. said that he couldn't know his identity until he knew God's identity, or, you know, or Christ's identity. And and you had yeah. you had stated this earlier um, about repentance from sin versus repentance towards God. And just for the listeners out there that maybe caught that, that's uh, I believe it's Acts twenty verse twenty one where Paul says. One thing that I speak to Jews and Gentiles alike is repentance towards God. Change your mind about who God is, you know, you know, know, know really yeah. who he is and change your mind, you know, that God no longer is, is dealing with your sin, you know, through, through any work of your own, whether it be to the Jews no. of the blood and bulls of goats or, you know, or whatever act it is, but it's actually now all been taken care of by the blood of Christ. And so change your mind, yeah. not only about how sin has been dealt with, but also also change your mind about really who God is. And, and then the, this, the second right. part of that verse is, is and to have faith in Jesus Christ. And um, yeah. yeah, thank you so much, Alberta. That was super good. And we could. Yeah. And, and you know, Psalm says that too, you know, so, and, and in the book of Psalms, it says that God has not dealt with us according to our sin. So, so that begs the question of, well, then how does God dealing with us? And, and we read on later and you just see it through the Bible that he deals yeah, with his that's, promise. That's good, so yeah. he's always he's always calling you towards his promise and saying, I, OK, David, I know that you had sent your best friend off to war and you, and you took his wife and you, and you sinned and all that stuff. But but I made a promise to you and I'm going to deal with you according to who I am and the promise that I gave to you because I exalt my word even above yeah. my own name. So. So, I, yeah, we're. we're over the 30 minutes, which that's fine too. Um, but I guess I kind of want to end it with this one because yeah, I think that, you know, to sum up everything, it's like anyone listening out there, we want what we want for you, the same thing that we want for ourselves. And we want to be free from sin and we want to be not right. only free from sin. We want to be able to be free to know who Jesus is and, and to be free to know the father, you know, you were talking earlier about the discussion before creation. And, and one of the wonderful things about the job of the Holy spirit is that he's given that to us so that we can know the father, you know, and right. a couple of things that, that I want to touch on, which are very scriptural. This one is an ax. 
it says that it says that in him I move and have my my being. Yeah. He he doesn't yep. move in me. I move in him. He can't move in me according mm-hmm. to the gospel because I'm dead. You know, Paul even says this, yep. you know, for it's not I who live but Christ who lives in me. And and this is another mm-hmm. one that that some may sound petty but to me it's it's transforming. It's it's completely renews my mind. It's in 1 John and it says that I live through him. And how many times has we have we heard or maybe we've even confessed with our mouth that, you know, Jesus did that through me. But see, we, we, we have to yeah. change our mind and, and take ourselves out of the equation because it's all Christ, you know. And, and yeah. the, the word of God says, it says, I now I live through him in him. I move and have my yeah. being. And yeah. and because. Yeah. Your life is yeah. hidden in Christ. Because where's with where's God. where am I considering myself? Like it says in Romans six, I'm considering myself dead, but alive in Christ. I'm alive in yeah. Christ. So in Him I move. I I live through Him now, you know, and and Jesus yeah. says, "What my burden is light. My yoke is my yoke yeah. is easy. Yoke is easy. Put my you, burden put is light. Put your yoke upon yeah. me." Because because it's in yeah. him I move. It's it's in it, I live through him, and you know what? I'm just gonna go there. Um, I'm gonna do one more scripture. Is that okay, Alberto? Because this yeah, one yeah, yeah. kind of goes with everything, and I wasn't sure if I was gonna share it or not. And we are kind of going long here, and apologize, and we'll be done here in a second. But yeah. this is in Colossians three verse ten. Yeah, and have put on the new self. See, a lot of us sometimes we're not taught how to put this on, you know, and and having put on the new self who is being renewed to a true knowledge according to the image of the Mm -hmm. one who created him. Well, what is this saying? It's saying that I'm being renewed to the knowledge according to the image or according to the the, the, what I know about Jesus who is in him. And really what this is saying here is, is the more that that I let Jesus, I, I, I almost did it there. I almost said the more I let Jesus live through me, the more, see, I, this is yeah. good. Uh, the, the more, the more that I yeah. live in him <laughs> and the more that I love people through him and the more that I, then the more yeah. I understand the love of the father for me, because I'm, that, that's what, that's what that yeah. renew. I'm putting hey. him on. I'm putting him on, I'm living through him yeah. and I'm loving people through him because yes. I'm like, if I'm dead, I'm unoffendable, you know? And, and, and right that's through. the place he wants, yeah. he wants to get us. So, um, Alberto, I th- and, and that's, ex- yeah, just one more thought is, is that's exactly the thing that you said is that, uh, Colossians one verse one through, f- I believe it's four, uh, Ephesians four, 22 through 24, uh, uh, Colossians, you know, three ten that you had quoted in Romans six, and uh, even in Galatians, God is speaking through Paul, and and He's saying, "Don't work right. on the old, right? Just put on the new." So, so even in in uh, Ephesians, it says, you know, to your former manner of life, put on the new, and you lay aside yep. the old self, 
which is corrupted in the accordance of lust and deceit, but you be renewed in the spirit of your mind and put on the new self, which in the likeness of God has been created in righteousness and in holiness and of the truth. And that word truth, you can substitute and you can put Jesus there because he is the truth. So if you read it with the word Jesus there, it's in the likeness of God has been created in righteousness and holiness yeah. of Jesus. So if, if you could tell the listeners right now, you know, listening, if they've hung around this long, <laughs> who are they? <laughs> remind, remind them. Remind they, them they, they are. You are a city on a hill that that you don't put a lampstand over. You are like your father. You bless those who hurt you. You 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 know you you pray for those who persecute you. You don't fight evil with evil. You fight evil with good. The Sermon on the Mount isn't uh, a command statement. It's your identity. You are, you know, uh, merciful and you'll be blessed. You know, you will inherit the earth because you're meek. You know, you're meek. And and these are all the identities that you have. You are, uh, you know, Christ. You're not Christ who walked 2,000 years ago, but you are Christ in the spirit, just as it says that you're we are anointed. one with him. So it's not two. Yes, you're not you're not two people there. It's that he who is joined with the Lord is now one with him. You are the temple of God. You are the object of God's affection. You are the beloved. I mean, there are so many scriptures that that tell us who we are and who we're also becoming in the same process. And that's where people get stuck is, okay, the scriptures say that I am this person, but yet why do I act like this person? It's because you're becoming that person that God sees you to be. And that's the transformation of your mind, being renewed, being being conformed to the very image of his son. And you are you are the sons and daughters of God. And there's so many things that that God wants to pour out into you. And it all has to do with identity. It all has to do with who he is, who people say uh, he, you know, he is as far as the heavenly host, the angels. Uh, You know, you read in scripture, it says, and then I'm done. I'm going to close with this. You read in scripture that Gabriel came to Mary and said, hey, you're going to have a son. And this son of yours is going to be Emmanuel, God with us. And this is his this is his name. And, And the angel pretty much lays out jesus's identity it says that he will save his people you know he will remove sin you know he's going to be a wonderful counselor a mighty healer so how jesus was known in heaven was the exact same way that's, that he was known that's, on the earth that's and that's awesome. his identity and that's then awesome. the exact same thing and the exact same thing happened with john the baptist that he came to elizabeth says you're going to have a star uh, came to zechariah you're going to have a son and you know this is this is his identity He's not going to drink any wine or liquor. He's going to be clothed in sackcloth, you know, a locust and honey. He's going to be in the wilderness and he's going to be a forerunner for, for the king. So this is his identity, how he's known in heaven, how God sees him was the exact same identity that he was walking out on the earth. So get with God, get, get alone, take inventory of what you currently have with him and say, Lord, who am I? And, and read the scriptures and, and, you know, stuff like that and say, who am I? And the very thing that God says that you are, Okay, Lord, how do I walk this out? And, and I promise you, He's gonna He's gonna give you wisdom. He's gonna give you insight. Uh, thank you, Alberto, very very much. And I want to just yeah. piggyback back up of one thing you said here, real quick, just to remind the listeners. Um, you had said about Jesus knowing that who He was in heaven, He was also known as that here on earth, and and that's the same yes. thing because of the blood of Jesus Christ and because of our faith in Him, that that we have that name change. You know that, and we we have yeah. the full atonement of Jesus Christ, and and as I'm known in heaven, 
he wants to reveal to me who I'm known as here on earth because it's that same thing, you know, it, it, it's, it's that yes. same. Yes. Yep. I haven't, I haven't taken off, you know, corruptible and put on incorruptible yet. You know, of course not, but, but yet I am going to be glory from to glory, you know? Yeah. They renewed Jesus in the inner man. A, a prayer and he says, father glorify me so that I can glorify you. And I think that's an okay prayer for us. Glor glorify me. Yes. Because the only way that he can glorify me is to create in me himself. Because that's the only yes. one that will take glory is him. And, and he's trying to, for over 2000 years to get us to understand that, that this image that we have is him to be able to to reveal it to the to the lost to the world and to be able to take back the authority from you know from which was stolen six seven thousand years ago so alberto thank you very much and i'm and, and i think hey, thank you for having me Joel. continue this similar discussion another time and we just bless all the viewers yeah we bless yes all there's the so much and, um, so much i guess real quick alberto if you want to put a link or if you just want to real quick maybe say it twice so someone can grab a pen if they wanted to contact you and your ministry, how they can do that if they have any questions. Yeah. Yeah. So the the ministry is called Newness of Life Ministries. And uh, you can contact me via email. And that's just a new newlifeministries at gmail.com or newness of life at ministry gmail.com. I'm not sure my, <laughs> my wife had uh, actually set it up for me. And um and she she did she did all that. Let me check here. Yeah, new new life ministries new life, at, at gmail. New life ministries at gmail .com. No, just new right, life ministry, ministry at gmail.com. Gmail Alberto, thank you very much. Yep. All right, we'll be talking. Thank soon. you.